Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Beyond the Veil. I'm your host, Madison Ford. Today, we've got an interview with Sabrina. Sabrina talks to us about all manner of Potter topics, from keeping Harry Potter a secret growing up, to how finding your Hogwarts house helps you realize your identity. A quick trigger warning for this episode, we talk about a number of sensitive issues, including self-harm, suicidal thoughts, and the death of a loved one. If these topics are sensitive for you, then please take care of yourself and consider skipping over this episode. Thank you all for joining me. Now, let's dive in. All right, welcome back to Beyond the Veil, everybody. Today on the podcast, we have Sabrina. Sabrina, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I love the show and I can't wait to have an awesome conversation with you. I'm so excited. Can you get us started by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? So as you said, my name is Sabrina. I am 26 years old and I live in Warrington, PA, which is right outside of Philadelphia. During the day for my muggle job, I'm a social media and marketing coordinator and I'm a classic introvert. So most of the time in my free time, you'll find me at home trying to be crafty, binge watching Netflix with my dogs or scrolling through TikTok, which I'm kind of ashamed to say. And I'm also super passionate about nature and animals. So I do go birding and hiking in my free time. That sounds lovely. And do not, don't feel any shame. I have recently fallen into the TikTok uh, black hole myself. It's so, <laughs> so hard. And everybody actually on TikTok is very, I wouldn't say everybody, but there's a lot of people who are very body positive on there and are yeah. very supportive. So it's almost like a new social media support group, kind of. I really like it. Even if they're a lot younger than me, sometimes I'm like, ooh my age. I'm like, I don't understand these problems these young kids are going through, but then they're all so supportive. So I love it. I love it. Yes. Oh, it's great. Um, so uh, can you give us the all the details on any Harry Potter information that you want us to know about yourself? So first and foremost, I am a Hufflepuff through and through. That is like my pride and glory. I love telling everybody that I'm a Hufflepuff. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, my Overmorning house is a Puckwudgie, but I really don't have any emotional connection to that, like I do with being a Hufflepuff. Uh, my Patronus is a Beagle. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but I love <laughs> dogs, so I'm okay with that. Uh, my favorite book is Order of the Phoenix. My favorite movie is Prisoner of Azkaban. I do. I love Sirius Black, so anything that has Sirius Black in it, I love. Mm-hmm. And my wand is English Oakwood with a unicorn hair core don't know what that means but sounds cool so i'm okay with yeah. it yeah <laughs> it sounds lovely so what was the very first time that you came across the harry potter series so when i was younger i was invited to a friend's birthday party and her mom and my mom took a few other kids to the movies and we saw sorcerer's stone this didn't only get me hooked on the series but my mom did too my mom loves the series and always watches the movies with me she hasn't read the books yet i've tried to push reading the books on her but she's more of a stephen king kind of person um mm. but what was awesome about the movie was at the party afterwards i won like this harry potter mattel doll and i don't have it anymore but i would love to buy another one just because it's like it was the first taste of the fandom that I'm like, ooh, my first Harry Potter merch. I loved it. And from that point on, I was just obsessed. I love that. What a 
Perfect. That that feels like just a classic. Like saw the movie, got hooked, then love at first sight, love since then. I love yeah. that. It was like heart eyes all over. Like, oh, this is so awesome, and it was great that my mom loved it too because it made it so much easier for me to get the books, you know, get the movies when they came out because I was so young. So I was really grateful for that. Yeah. Well, what a great thing to share that with someone you love. Absolutely. So in school, it was a little bit different. Told me in your submission that you faced some bullying for different reasons and including being a fan of something kind of, you know, nerdy like Harry Potter and Uh, I was wondering if you can talk to us about what that was like for you. Yeah. So like so many other people, I was bullied all throughout school. It started in elementary school and then continued on to high school until I ultimately finished high school online. I have vivid memories of talking to kids like about Disney, Harry Potter, all other fantasy type subjects like pirates and magic and dragons and getting laughed at. And aside from that, I was already being made fun of for my weight, what I wore, what I looked like in general, where I lived. So the playground was pretty tough for me and pretty brutal. Um, I hated going to school and I would throw temper tantrums, begging and pleading to my mom to let me stay home. My first experience with a therapist and counselor was actually in elementary school to try to help me cope with feeling bullied, learning how to make friends and dealing with my anxiety. And Unfortunately, as I got older, it didn't really get much better. And trigger warning here, in middle school, I eventually began to self-harm and have Mm. suicidal thoughts. So it just escalated from that point. I'm sorry that you went through that at such a young age. And I'm really glad that you were able to... I feel like seeing help, getting any kind of help when you're really young is important, even if it doesn't solve anything. Do you think that, uh, do you think seeing somebody at that young an age helped you as you got older? It definitely did because I'm a huge advocate for seeing a therapist or seeing a counselor because of that. At a young age, I was introduced to this woman who I can't remember her name for the life of me, but I could remember her face. I could remember what we talked about and she would walk around with me on the playground and she would she just assisted me in these things that as a kid, you know, sometimes your parents don't, can't do that for you because they're not on, you know, school grounds, but she meant so much to me. So growing up, if I had these, you know, when I had these mental health issues, I knew that I could go to somebody and talk to them, which not a lot, a lot of people are actually hesitant to do that. So I try to advocate for that saying, you know, you just have to find the right person, you know, you keep trying, but I understand that some people have a difficulty opening up, but doing it at such a young age has helped me get a good view of therapy and counseling in general. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that there is that you know, a more positive side to that, which doesn't take away from what you went through at all. It's just always nice when we can come out of something, learning something like that. Yeah. And she made a huge difference to me. And, you know, I have a younger brother who's 18 and he's been going through things too, even through a young age. And I've told him, he, you know, why don't you go see a therapist? And he has now for the past couple of years. So mm. even me just having that experience can help other people because I can let them know how it's helped my situation 
And then they'll say, okay, they trust me enough. And then they can, you know, pursue something along that route. So definitely. I know as you got older, as in middle school, you had to kind of really hide that passion that you had for these kind of like nerdy Harry Potter, you know, that type of thing to protect yourself from the bullies. And I wonder how, how did you step away from Potter and what did that feel like for you? So I would still see the movies in theater with my mom because she loved them just as much as me. So she would drag me to go see them, but I wouldn't tell anybody. I wouldn't talk to about it at school. Like now you go into school and everybody's talking about the latest movies and shows. I didn't do that. I didn't, I was already an outcast and I didn't want to become a target for liking something that wasn't quote unquote cool. So I constantly felt like I was walking on eggshells. And if I didn't like the things that were considered trendy, then I would just look weird. I would be that weird kid. And nobody wants that at a young age. And my school was known for having a blend of the quote unquote rich rich kids and the poor kids, which unfortunately was what they would consider me and my friends. So we were teased relentlessly just for something that was even out of our control and wasn't even true. So there was a lot of pressure for my friend group and a lot of us in general just to fit in. Wow. that's It's so difficult to hear about children treating other children this way. And I can only imagine like not being able to talk about Harry Potter and these things when they're I mean, when there is so much, when you love Harry Potter or anything, it's all you want to talk about, right? And were you able to fulfill some of that, that the passion that you had for Potter through your relationship with your mother in the Potter series? I did. She de- We would talk about it. You know, we would make jokes about it. We still do. My mom is a huge supporter of my obsession for Potter. She's helped me put together my office, which is like Harry Potter themed. She's bought me all the books. You know, if I really asked her, I'm like, do you want to go see Fantastic Beasts 3? She would probably go with me, you know? So she kind of kept me hanging on to it, even though in my middle school brain, I wanted to say, no, this isn't cool. Like, why do you want to be this person? This isn't fun. Like she was just like, no you you love these movies let's go see the movies let's buy these dvds and that's probably why i'm still pretty obsessed with them now because she wouldn't let me give it up because she knew how much i loved it yay mom that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's awesome she's the best i couldn't have asked for a better mom that's wonderful oh mother's love in the potter series (laughs) go right hand in hand yes she's my molly weasley (laughs) (laughs) everyone needs one so In addition to what we've already talked about, you told me that you deal with a couple of mental health issues, um, primarily borderline personality disorder and bipolar disorder. And I was hoping you could talk to us a little bit about how these things affect your life today. Sure. So for years, I didn't know what was wrong with me. Sometimes my family would crack jokes on how I was moody. I was always crying. I was a mess, you know, like... I was a teenager. They would they would say those things. And I was just like, oh, it's me just being a teenager. But I was constantly asking myself, what is going on? Am I crazy? No, I wasn't. I just had an undiagnosed mental illness. From a young age, I dealt with poor self-esteem, rocky and often too intense of relationships, impulsive behaviors, 
uncontrollable anger and very strong emotional responses to stressors. After all this time, I realized that my self-harming tendencies were most likely because of my or the borderline personality disorder. So living while undiagnosed and untreated made it difficult to keep a steady job. I was constantly arguing with my family and my now husband, who I've been with for over eight years, and I felt isolated and lost. So 17% of youth experience a mental health disorder, and I think it's one in five adults experience a mental health illness. I didn't know that back then. I wish I had, because then I would have been able to maybe understand that what I'm dealing with wasn't just my personality. It was something that was out of my control. I was given antidepressants and nothing worked. It took multiple different doctors and therapists to finally get the official diagnosis of bipolar two and borderline personality disorder. At this point, I kind of saw light at the end of the tunnel. I began taking the medications that were actually meant for my disorder. And just a disclaimer, medications can be difficult and you might have to try a couple of different options, which I did. It's not always just, oh, here you go. Here's your medication. It's perfect. I tried multiple things and I kind of have a regimen now that works for me. But getting a diagnosis was a positive experience. There's something about being aware with what you're dealing with that makes you feel like you have some control, even though you don't have control over what you're, what hand you're dealt. It gave me the opportunity to be my own advocate and to be more self-aware. I really love that. I totally agree with the uh, the idea that gaining an awareness of what you are going through, even though it can't change what you're going through, it, it gives you that sense of power uh, that you sometimes need to help figure out how you need to manage your experiences. Absolutely. And I keep track of how I'm feeling. Like I'll journal it, you know, today was a little bit harder than this day, or I'm feeling very motivated because with bipolar disorder, you can have manic episodes. So I kind of try to keep track and say, okay, I've had a pretty steady uptake in motivation here. Should I be concerned? So I, I try to keep one step ahead at this point, because I know what it's like to not do that. For years, that's what my life was like. And I was unhappy and I was sad and I was confused. I was lost. I felt like nobody else was like me. I thought that I was this bad person, but in reality, I'm not. I'm not a bad person at all. It was just something that I didn't know what was going on, but now I do. And even though you don't have that control, I do have the control on how yeah. I act. Yes, absolutely. That's. It feels like one of those circumstances where the knowledge really is the power and um, keeping, you know, keeping aware of your emotions on a day-to-day -day basis and keeping track. Uh, it's something we talk about being important for mental health, but that's such a, you've given such a perfect example of, you know, when you know these kind of swings that you'll go through, um, that's, it has to be, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't deal with these particular issues, so I can only imagine the um, what a change it must feel like to be able to observe almost from the outside now, uh, yeah. if if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm able to look with sometimes with the borderline personality disorder, I get a temper, I get angry over little things that probably shouldn't make me upset, but then I step back 
and I realize what how I'm acting, what is most likely triggering me to be angry, and then I can move forward and apologize, which before I didn't process that way. So I was just angry all the time, getting in fights with people all the time, and then not apologizing for it. But now I can. I'm like, look, I'm sorry. I'm not myself right now. Let's talk about this at another time, or let's just wait and see, you know, what happens or... You know, if it's something major, but if it's something small, be like, I'm sorry, I really didn't mean to say that. If I hurt your feelings, I really do apologize. I didn't mean it. So it gives me that sense of self. It's like checking myself. Mm -hmm. Like I know how I can act and I'm not always easy to deal with. So yeah, being self-aware has totally turned my life around like 180. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you have that in your life. That's Hearing people's, you know, the the little the wins that we get throughout life, it always I'm always just very, uh, I'm very happy that you have that. That's got to feel very relieving and empowering. It's been an uphill journey, but yeah, it's def it was so empowering to finally take control over what's been making me miss. Nobody wants to be upset. Nobody wants to be depressed. So when you right. finally can take that piece of you and say, I'm not letting this control my life anymore. It's it's the most empowering thing. That's wonderful. I guess as you've walked through your life um, and you've had to step away from Potter for a little while, in, in some ways at least, to protect yourself, um, but eventually you came back into the Potter world. And I'm curious to know what it was that kind of re-sparked that uh, relationship with Harry Potter? So after graduating, I went through a couple of phases trying to figure out who I was, what I wanted to do, where I wanted my life to head. At one point I worked for a holistic doctor. And while I was there, I had a session with an absolutely wonderful shaman. And I know that may sound silly to some, and it's definitely not the traditional route, but it made me see my life as a bigger picture and gave me an idea of what my purpose on this earth is. And after my session with her, I started to slowly find myself again and realize my truth, which in turn led me to being open about my love for the wizarding world, even something simple like that. So that's kind of how I found my way back. That is, that's very profound. Um, (laughs) I, I think that's having a, was this was the shaman was it like a, a sort of spiritual experience or a what was what was it like i guess as as vague as you want to be you don't have to give any details or anything absolutely i love talking about my experience with her because like i said before it probably sounds silly to some but she does sessions as long as you need So it's the world's longest therapy session for no matter how long. I was there in total, I think, seven hours. Oh, wow. And she will just talk to you and ask you questions. And she just slowly peels the layers until she finally gets to almost the core of what you're there for. And then it goes into like a more spiritual, you know, doing the chakras. And then it's an absolutely phenomenal experience and I wouldn't take it back 
for the world. Mm -hmm. I would do it all over again if I could. She's an amazing woman. I still keep in contact with her. She has an amazing book that I've read three times. She, it was just an overall great experience. And I believe that my session with her led me to where I am today. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Well, <laughs> what a, you know, I talk to a lot of people about Harry Potter and the different things that make us you know, kind of step toward and away from it throughout our lives. But I think this might be the first time I've heard such a like a specific like spiritual experience that's like, hey, you love Harry Potter, like go back to it. That's I, I love the uh, there's like an elegant simplicity to it. It's almost a little magical. If yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I'm, I, I'm sure, you know, when you're telling it like this, like obviously from the outside, it seems like it was simple, but I, I know it may have been a little bit more complex to figure out how to walk back into that in reality. Yeah, I walked out of that meeting with her or session with her and I just, I took a deep breath of just fresh air and I was like, this is it. I'm like, I know exactly what I want to do. I want to be who I am. Like I was able to soul search and find my truth I started getting more into the environment and nature which was a huge part of my life as a kid which was also something I put aside due to bullying you know being into bugs and birds and things isn't cool as a kid but now it's a huge part of my life I take pictures of birds I have a birding Instagram page I've met so many friends through birding so that's what I mean. It's led me to this point where I am today that I am confident. I'm happy. You know, I still deal with things every once in a while, but at least I know who I am, which has been yes. a really difficult experience for me. Well, that process of recovering yourself after you've had to hide it and lose it away is tough. And I'm, uh, I'm very glad that that's something I'm going through in my life right now, you know, refinding those things that I uh, let go of a long time ago. And so it's just so wonderful to hear you t talk about just coming back to these things that bring you such joy. I'm very happy that you have this in your life. It's almost like my inner child is still there and I'm letting her shine through like crafting. I loved to craft when I was younger. I loved doing clay, animals crochet and again I dropped that off because that's not cool as a kid and now I'm picking it back up and it's so therapeutic for me to do that because my great-great-grandmother loved to quilt my great-grandmother loved to quilt my grandmother loved to sew and she liked crafting too and same with my mom so I almost feel like it's a generational thing and like a legacy that I'm keeping going on mm. and i I, I'm so confused to myself. I'm like, why did I ever let this go? Why did I stop? It makes me feel so good. But that's, I had to go through this journey to finally get here. And I'm so happy that I'm, I'm here now. It's wonderful. Between the mental health issues that you've experienced um, and the bullying that you went through, it makes sense that through your life, you would have had a little bit of trouble figuring out where you fit in to the world. Um, but you mentioned that getting sorted in the sorting hat helped you with this issue. And I would love to know more about that. Yeah. So like I mentioned before, I dealt with terrible self-esteem issues. And with that, I had 
trouble finding where I fit in. You think it's easy to just be yourself, but when you're dealing with a mental illness that distorts your opinion on who you are, it's really challenging. So, you know, the icebreaker question, kind of like what we did earlier is tell me about yourself. I always struggled with my answer until I was sorted into Hufflepuff. The traits of Hufflepuff matched me in a way that nothing else did. Some people love talking about their astrological sign. I'm a Sagittarius. But for me, I was excited to be able to say, hi, I'm Sabrina. I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm a loyal friend and a trustworthy companion. I felt a connection to the badger who is typically underestimated, but it lives quietly until it feels attacked or threatened. And being near the kitchen, I mean, I love food. Come on, who doesn't? And I've been able to bond with people solely based on the fact they're a Hufflepuff or a Harry Potter fan in general. But for the first time, I was able to say, that's me. I'm a proud Hufflepuff. I think that that's something really interesting about a lot of the Hufflepuffs who I've talked to, where a lot of times if somebody is struggling with their identity, having that Hufflepuff click in feels like it it helps in a way that maybe learning you're in some of the other houses doesn't. It might be my limited experience. And if anybody has another experience like that, I want to know. But it's a lot of the Hufflepuffs I've talked to. There's something about, you know, uh, what's what's the line, you know, and Hufflepuff, you know, she'll take the rest, the loyal, you know, uh, make a warm home for everybody else. And so when you feel like you don't fit in, it feels like Hufflepuff really does become this aha moment. Exactly. It, that's exactly it is we're kind of known to be the house where everybody else goes. So if in real life you feel the same way, you almost feel like, well, I have my other Hufflepuffs on my side. So mm. that truly helped me and i love screaming it from the rooftops i have everything hufflepuff my mouse pad is hufflepuff my backpack is <laughs> hufflepuff everything is hufflepuff i'm surprised i don't have a hufflepuff tattoo yet but it, it really has helped me something is to what some people would think is silly and so small i've been able to identify myself with that so if you go on you know instagram or facebook and find me you'll see it says hufflepuff is like the second thing that you'll see <laughs> I love that. That's uh, it. It is. It's as I'm a Gryffindor, but I I do I get that feeling. You know, when you see something with your house emblem on it, sometimes it's like, that's me. Yeah, that's 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 who I am. It's my people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's lovely, and I'm glad that helped kind of bring together, you know, a more solid foundation on which to sort of build the idea of who you are yeah it was a guide it was a great guide and i'm so grateful so shout out to all my hufflepuffs who are listening i love you all i love everybody <laughs> else too but i love you all <laughs> yes so getting into some stuff that's been going on in your life recently your grandmother passed away and i just want to know you know as you've been going through this um as, as the time we're recording this, it's been pretty fresh for anybody listening, just so you have a little context. But um, I'm curious to know how the Potter books have helped you through this time. These past few weeks have been the hardest of my life. My grandmother was my biggest supporter. We had this amazing bond that's indescribable. 
and she was truly my best friend and she helped shape me to be the person I am today other than all the Harry Potter stuff and the stuff I was talking about earlier I couldn't have done any of that if it wasn't for her so during this time I seek comfort from things that I'm familiar with so if I notice I'm slipping into a dark place I'll throw on one of the movies or pick up my illustrated editions to kind of perk myself up a little and while she was in the hospital, because that's the past year, she was in and out of the hospital a lot. We brought her the first book and I would actually read to her because her eyesight was going and she couldn't really read. So I would read to her and I would read to her in voices and it would always make her laugh. And hmm. she's watched the movies with me in the past and she fueled my love for the fandom too. She would buy me Harry Potter merch for my birthday and Christmas and Hufflepuff things and this pain and heartbreak is like nothing I've ever felt before. And I miss her every single day. I made mm -hmm. the decision to go to a grief support group next week, just because I, again, I'm very self-aware with how I act and how I can control my emotions. So I think that would be a great step for me to get additional support because everybody can tell you the same things about grief over and over and over again it's you know there's no way to grieve you know take your time you know do this do that and it's great but I sometimes need to just let it out and have people who are going through it recently too help me with that process because most of the people I've talked to I've dealt with loss and it was kind of you know further in their past so they might not exactly remember what it feels like for it to be fresh and the relationship that I had with my grandmother was wasn't like a typical grandmother and granddaughter relationship you know we would go on trips to Tennessee with each other because I have family in Tennessee and I've lived with her at times because my mom would get mad at me and threaten to kick me out and we lived three houses down the street from each other I could wave to her from my porch and see her so we were super tight-knit. Family to me is absolutely everything. So it's been really difficult. But I try to remember what Sirius Black says, that the ones who love us never truly leave us. You can always find them in here. Mm, that's. I was curious how the, you know, the many messages on grief and losing loved ones might have been there for you and... What a lovely quote to um, serve as something grounding in this time. Yeah, I, I'll watch the movies and read the books and I kind of will put myself, I obviously haven't experienced the losses as Harry would. Harry lost his parents, both of his parents. He didn't know them. He lost Sirius. He lost Remus. He lost Dumbledore. Then I guess we can say he lost Snape too, but he went through so much and then seeing at the end of the books that he's still standing he's you know going on with his life not going on as in he forgot about it but he's a survivor and he's coped with it and you know people would argue that maybe some of the ways he coped wasn't the best but maybe that was the way that harry had to grieve how he had to mourn so me reading the books and watching the movies is okay if someone can go through all of that even if it's fictional I know people go through that in real life 
I know that at the end of the, you know, at the end of the tunnel, I will be okay. Will it still Mm. hurt me? Of course it will. I will miss her every single day of my life, but she would not want me to sit around and be miserable. She hated that. She would hate when I was depressed. So seeing him is like, okay, I know that it will get better. I try and you know, I feel some guilt with that sometimes. I said, should I feel that things will get better so soon? But I know that she wouldn't want me to be upset or be sad. So I I think she would appreciate me using the Harry Potter series to help cope with her passing because she knew I was going to be the one that it was going to hit the hardest. One of her final days, there was a nurse at her house as she was in in in-home hospice. And I walked in the door and she's crying. And she said, there's the one that's going to be most upset. And it just broke my heart. And it still does. It's still so hard for me to imagine that she's not here. But I know wherever she is, she will be so proud of me no matter what I do. And even if it's me being on Harry Potter podcast or talk about Harry Potter all the time, she would love it. So that's what keeps me going. She sounds like a wonderful, I love, (laughs) you know, hearing you think that she would not want you to be sad and would want you to step into something that you love. I am sorry for your loss. And she just sounds like a, a wonderful, wonderful person that you had the joy to live your life with. Thank you. Thank you. I am so blessed to have had her in my life for so long. Mm-hmm. I had my great grandmother in my life for a while as well. And I, I've also known my great, great grandmother. Not many people can say that. So yeah. she was taken from this earth too soon, but the memories that I have with her, I am so grateful for, because like I mentioned earlier, not many people have that relationship with their grandmother, but I did. So even though I know she's not here physically anymore, she's definitely here in spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something when I'm feeling grief, that's what my husband reminds me of. It's I, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. I think it's a very, um, it's a very powerful feeling to know that the ones who we love are still there. And that's, it's a bit confusing. I'm not religious and I'm mm-hmm. not, shaming anybody who is religious but when you're not religious it's almost hard to imagine death because you don't have this vision of what happened to them you just it's like it ended whereas if somebody's religious it's you know they passed on they're in heaven though but they're still here so i've almost adapted kind of that mindset because i know it's what's going to help me Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't call myself religious by any means, but she was, and I know that wherever she is, even if it's not a real thing, she's still here because she's still in my memories. So I constantly try to tell myself, you might not be able to call her, you might not be able to see her, but you can still talk to her, you know? So it's been even... Yeah, it is fresh for me still. She passed away on the 6th and it's still a journey. You know, there's days that I'm doing great 
And then there's days that I feel terrible the entire day. But I know, well, one, going to this support group will help. But then I also know that I have a bunch of people who are around me and love and care about me. So I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you you have this support system as you're going through this, through people who love you and through kind of adopting this uh, this mindset that is like you said, it's difficult to it's difficult to envision these kinds of things when you don't have some kind of religious framework. I totally understand, and I'm I just I wish you all of the best as you are moving forward through this process of grieving. And the grief support group sounds like it'll be really helpful. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping so. I'll report back and let you know how it's going. <laughs> yes, please. When you were younger, you weren't really, you know, you you weren't really participating in the fandom as much. Um, and so you weren't as aware that there were places online like fan websites and forums where people were talking about Harry Potter. And so even though you didn't really participate in the fandom this way when you were younger, I'm curious to know how this aspect of fandom has impacted your life today. I think it was one day I was scrolling through Facebook and I was, I think of watching the movie and I just, I decided to type in Harry Potter into the search bar. MuggleNet was one of the first things that came up. So I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And mm-hmm. then seeing how long they've been around for, I'm like, where have I been this entire time? I was like, <laughs> this is awesome. And then I was going through podcasts because obviously podcasts are super popular right now. And I came across a couple of Harry Potter podcasts and I don't know how to explain it, but it almost gave me like a sense of there's a whole new group of friends that I can almost hang out with, even though I'm just listening to them. It's almost Mm -hmm. like I'm in a conversation with them and I'll, I'll even talk to myself sometimes in the car. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah, that's it. You know, no, that's not what happened. You know, and (laughs) I know if there's something that happens in the fandom, I know that I can share and talk about it with people because of the Facebook groups that I'm in and they have the same interests as I do. Yeah. So I don't feel as alone in my passion for Potter anymore because of the internet. And it's been awesome. And I'm a social media marketing coordinator. So I should know this. But it took me a while to even think that people would make these groups for Harry Potter. So it's been awesome. I'm so glad. It's It really is when you stumble into the um, absolutely, you know, ocean-sized, galaxy-sized, like, area that is the Harry Potter fandom online. It's... It's staggering, but also just wonderful to find, you know, to find your people. I've met so many awesome people through Facebook groups, through Facebook pages, Patreons, everything, like even Instagrams. There's people that have dedicated Instagrams to Harry Potter. That is absolutely incredible. It's amazing that such a fandom could explode and Harry Potter's been around for so long, but it hasn't even dulled. There's kids, you know, maybe younger than my brother in their early teens that still love Harry Potter. They're getting into it. And I have a little cousin who is four 
And I can't wait to let him read the illustrated editions. I'm waiting for his mom to tell me it's okay. And I'm going to buy him the entire set. And hopefully he'll fall in love with it like I did. And we could talk about it. And his parents actually bought me the entire Blu-ray set of Harry Potter. So everybody in my family just feels it. So I think he'll have to be a Harry Potter fan because I won't let him not be. (laughs) (laughs) It's so lovely to introduce someone to something that you love so much. Absolutely. And I think he'll love it in general because that's kind of where he seems to be interested in things like that. And he loves me. So I know if I could help him get into it, it would. But introducing, it doesn't matter what age you are. I could tell people who are 10 to read the books or 40 to read the books or watch the movies. It's like a whole introduction into this world that it's almost like an escape from our own. And, you know, right now it's it's kind of wild out there. It's intense. So just being able to escape a little bit and find something that makes you happy, even if it's just a you know, quick book series or movies is awesome. And then I get to talk to people about it too. So. (laughs) Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful time we live in that we can share Potter with people in so many different ways we never could have before. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it totally helps me escape from things. And I know it does for other people too. So. Definitely. Definitely. So as we come to the end of our time here, um, I'm just curious to know if you have any final words of wisdom or advice or if there's anything else that you want to share with all of us. It's hard not to be hard on yourself. And coming from me, I've had self-esteem issues for a majority of my life. And I know when you're struggling, it's easy to feel alone isolated and depressed even when you're surrounded by people who care about you whether you're dealing with self-esteem issues a loss in your family a terrible job school anything keep in mind that you're just on a journey and nobody's journey is perfect really what what is perfect anyway i've always thought about my life and things i felt weren't normal and often felt embarrassed to talk about these things because i thought that maybe i was the only one that dealt with that Social media has its flaws, but one of the positive things about it is that you can connect with people who are just like you. You can find different support groups or fandom groups to surround yourself with those who have interests or struggles aligned with yours. It's hard to say to people who are dealing with a mental illness to keep your head up or just go talk to somebody. It helps because what works for one person may not work for another. If you're afraid to speak out, just know that you're so strong. And if you've kept everything to yourself at this point, I admire you and your strength. And I really do hope, though, that my story can help inspire people to seek out a way to make themselves happy and restore confidence in themselves and become an advocate for themselves. Because it took me so long to do that, and it's changed my life. Thank you. What what wonderful, wise words to, to become an advocate for yourself that's I love I love how you put that breaking the stigma is I never thought that we would get to this point in society where there are so many people banding together 
to break that stigma that mental illness doesn't make you crazy. It doesn't make you this bad person. It doesn't make you broken. It's Mm-mm. just what you deal with. It's who you are. You live with it, but that doesn't define you. And that's really what social media has helped me realize too, because I've seen other stories about people dealing with the same things as me. And I'm like, wow, like all these years I thought it was just me, but it's not, it's Mm -hmm. not. So I'm so glad we're at a point in society where mental health is becoming a priority. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm 100% with you. Well, Sabrina, thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself with us in this interview. And um, I think you've shared some really, really wonderful things with us that I know will stick with me (laughs) today. And uh, yeah, just thank you for being here. I can't, I can't thank you enough. You are absolutely wonderful for having this show. I think that this is almost like the missing piece of the fandom that people probably thought about while reading the books or watching the movies, thinking that it relates to mental health, but nobody's ever put that into relation to other people's lives, how the Potter series has helped. So I really appreciate everything you do. And you're absolutely Thank you all for listening to our interview with Sabrina. Sabrina, thank you for sharing your story. It's been such a privilege and joy to speak to all of our guests about the impact Potter has had on their lives. It really means a lot. Thank you for sharing, everyone. I hope that you'll join me next week for another conversation in the Headmaster's office. Take care. Take care.